Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome to the Carrie Faith On Purpose podcast. In just a few days, thousands of regular people living normal lives will learn for free how to discover a more profitable path for their future success. One that doesn't require a degree, years of experience, or a one in a million dollar idea. This is your invitation to join thousands of people to have a once in a lifetime experience. And I'll be there too. During the first ever Own Your Future Challenge, 17 world leaders, including my own mentors, Dean Graciosi, Tony Robbins, Jenna Kutcher from the number one rated podcast, Gold Digger, the Boss Babes, Natalie and Danielle, Brendan Burchard, also known as the grandfather of personal development, and many more thought leaders are about to teach nearly 1 million people about the industry that's allowed them and me to take back control of their lives, careers, time, freedom, and decisions. This event will go down forever as one of the largest, if not the single greatest, online gathering of people in the history of the world. And missing out on something like this can sting, especially if you have been known to have FOMO, and if not, then you're about to. Starting on May 11th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you will have the support to create and own your future success. Click below in the show notes to get your free seat. And if it's too late because this is after May 11th, then you can always message me on social so I can pass on the insight from this once in a lifetime experience. This week on the show, Laura Michelle Powers is joining us and is sharing with you her purpose as a celebrity psychic, clairvoyant medium, author, podcaster, and more. She is going to share with you how she has honored her life purpose and gained the freedom and success in her life. Welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose show, where we put your health and happiness as our number one priority. I'm your host, Carrie Faith, and I'll be sharing a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to create your masterpiece called Life. I believe that with faith and inspired action, anything and everything is possible. And when you combine it with purpose, there is absolutely no limit to your success. I share my own personal struggles and triumphs while exposing global perspectives about happiness, health, and well-being. We combine talks around spirituality, psychology, and self-development to align your mind, body, and soul. Together, we connect, create, and transform from the inside out. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, tea, or if you're anything like me, a glass of water, or perhaps even some champagne, while we carry faith on purpose together. 
Thank you so much for the honor to be here with us today. Laura, you have been featured on several television channels and networks, including BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, The CW, The Jet, and so many others. Uh, you've recently been interviewed on the Will Ferrell podcast, the Ron Burgundy podcast, which is hilarious. I love it. It's so aligned with the topics that we are going to discuss here today, but truly only the angels know. And before we started, I actually spoke to Archangel Michael and Sebastian and Scott, who are my personal uh, guides to guide us through this experience. So welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here today. And yes, love talking about angels. One of my favorite topics. <laughs> love it. I love the alignment. Laura, tell the audience about maybe like the first memory you had with connecting with the spiritual realm or your spirit realm, going back to your childhood or young adulthood. Where did this all begin? Well, I'm somewhat unusual in that actually I remember from the, the other side from before I was born. So my first, you know, kind of memory is actually, I believe right before I was born, I was in a circle of beings of light. Um, and basically, you know, there was this conversation happening, not with, with spoken language, but, you know, it was all kind of communication in spirit and that it was my time to go. It was my time to be born. And I remember feeling like, oh, here we go. <laughs> because I knew it was not going to be easy. I had some karmic things and things that I had to experience and um, go through in this lifetime that were challenging. So I was born into an abusive and traumatic situation. So I remember just being like, here we go. And then here I was <laughs> born into this lifetime. So, And then after that, ever since I was little, I've seen and sensed spirit. So it took me a while to really, you know, we'll put things together and figure out uh, that I was psychic. I, I grew up thinking that maybe I was crazy because other people clearly didn't see and sense the things that I did. So I know there's psychics that are like me where they have these abilities and were really tapped in from, you know, kind of being very little. And then those who were able to access their abilities later in life. And so I'm, I'm part of the former uh, and so I've always known there was something else. I've always been connected, but it has been quite a journey for me to be able to understand it as well as be able to, you know, under, understand how to utilize it and actually not have it kind of rule me in, in a kind of almost destructive feeling way. Well, Laura, I can so relate to that feeling of thinking that I was like crazy because of just sensing other things, which I'm still just uncovering and refining, like what are these spiritual gifts and how can I best use them, right? And I believe that we all have spiritual gifts. Would you say so? Absolutely. I think that psychic abilities or gifts are very much like other types of abilities. There's a range of natural ability. And then there's also the training and the education that we receive or exposure to it. So, you know, there may be people that have incredible painting ability, for example, but if they've never had a paintbrush or paint or a teacher, like how would they know what they can do? So I think there's a lot of people that are profoundly psychic that don't really realize how psychic they are for that reason. And I love teaching psychic training. I'm, I'm about to launch my six month psychic training program because I think as we tap into these things and just 
this changes the world. And I really would love for this to change where we do get psychic training as little kids. We learn sort of basic psychic tools because that will totally transform the world if that happens. I so agree. I mean, I feel like a lot of intuitives and psychics and mediums are misunderstood and a lot of the time, you know, labeled and have a lot of trauma per se, or even like addiction. I mean, I've been open with that on the podcast. It was because we're so conditioned from the outside world and it takes someone like you to guide us through that process. So I love what you're doing. Why do you think intuition is so important? And how do you or how would one access intuition? Because I think that's like something that we're all aware of, although don't know how really to access it on the day to day. No, I think one of the biggest things is just really listening to ourselves, to our bodies, having that quiet and receptive time. So in our modern society, we are so kind of overstimulated. We're um, constantly receiving in, in information, uh, you know, hearing things, music, radio, television, social media, chatter, et cetera. And I think it's really important to be able to listen intuitively. And so that means silence. You know, we can't talk and listen at the same time. So it is important for us to have time in our days and in our lives where we're able to receive intuitively. And that frequently means unstructured and kind of quiet time. So whether that's active, you know, meditation that you're doing, whether that's time taking a bath or a walk or a swim, or, you know, um, it could be even doing something like vacuuming or, or doing the dishes, but some kind of time where you're just able to receive and kind of quiet your thoughts and your mind and get those messages. So that's the biggest thing I can share for those who are wanting to have more of that is just to make sure they're having enough of that introspective kind of quiet time to be able to receive messages. It's so important. And I think it's also very difficult because we live in such like a structured, busy world where we feel like going, going, going is creating productivity and finding significance in the world through, you know, producing whether you're an entrepreneur or a busy parent. It's just go, go, go. But it's in the silence when I feel like we are most productive in the sense of tapping into our own gifts and the messages that come through. But for people that might be challenged with meditation, I want to kind of clarify that meditation can be like, you don't have to really shut everything off and go and turn off all your thoughts, right? To meditation. It's just like you said, getting into flow experiences, whether it be walking or doing dishes, what is it for you? that silence, what's your favorite way to kind of unplug? Gosh, so I love meditation. I mean, I teach meditation. And if you like meditation, I have a bunch of free meditations on Insight Timer at Laura Powers 44. So I love that. But I honestly get a lot of messages um, when I'm driving. <laughs> that sounds funny. But I love driving for that reason, because you're, you know, obviously to focus somewhat on driving, but it doesn't take your whole concentration, you know, to uh, critically thinking wise and everything to drive. Like you can be safe and still 
um, be receptive. So driving, especially in uh, non-stressful conditions. So, you know, not like a highway driving in Los Angeles, but I'm talking about on a more <laughs> quiet road. Um, I'm from Colorado. So there are a lot of those kinds of roads in Colorado. Um, I love baths. I think water also assists, you know, us with tapping into that kind of spirit energy. So those are a couple of ways that I frequently will get downloads and messages and just quiet kind of uh, quiet time resting, whether you call it meditating or just maybe resting. Um, I frequently will just lay down and not nap, but just kind of rest and kind of see what messages come through. So those are a few things that I like to do in order to receive those messages for myself. What great insight. Thank you so much for sharing those. I know that driving is when I get my best ideas too, because we're not in our conscious mind. We've, we've at least experienced drivers, right? Are um, yeah. driving through <laughs> our basically subconscious. And that's when we t- tap into the subconscious. And uh, the shower, the shower is a great place for me too. And like you said, water assists in that. So it can be different forms of water. You had mentioned you live in Colorado. I know that you went to uh, University of Colorado too. I am also a former boss. So I just want to say uh, we have that alignment. <laughs> Go boss, right? I love it. Yeah, go buffs. And I love the 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 buffalo or the the bison, American bison is such a powerful animal. And yeah, I love Colorado. And I also have a place here now in Las Vegas as well and love California. So those are a few places that are close to my heart and that I spend a lot of time. But yeah, Colorado is very grounded and at the same time, very spiritual place. So I've always have a special place in my heart for Colorado. Yeah, I love Colorado. I'm from San Diego, California, and I just knew I needed to go to some place that had a lot of nature. And that's really why I was awakened, actually, was in the, at the University of Colorado. I signed up for a meditation course because it was in um, the basement in my dorm room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so easy. And this was back in the 90s. So I'm probably way older than you, but. I, I was awakened, like I found meditation and just have been guided to people like you and the right, the right guides along the way. So I love the connection of California and Colorado, uh, very enlightening places. Absolutely. So I heard you, I, sorry. Oh, sorry. There's a bit of a late. Yeah. California to me is also very spiritual, but in a different way, like Colorado is very grounded and spiritual and kind of earth-based and, and California is more kind of up, up in the air, <laughs> but also very spiritual in its own way. And I love them both. Yes. How interesting that you have identified the different energies too, in the different states or different regions of the world. So when I heard you on the Ron Burgundy uh, podcast, I heard you said you don't use crystals. Is this true? Uh, Because I know a lot of people are kind of can tap into whether you call it source energy more of their natural gifts through the use of gems or crystals. So do you use crystals or how do you feel about those? So I used to use crystals a lot. So I think crystals are a great um, magnifier and they're really great, especially if you're trying to connect and receive support and they're wonderful for exploring 
in terms of energy and, you know, this sort of spiritual realm. Uh, so when I very first started, I used crystals a ton. I used certain ones for protection. I, I actually held a, a quartz crystal and then an angel or a Danbarite crystal in my hand when I do readings. And they are magnifiers. Like if you're not familiar with crystals and crystallology, they literally magnify energy. And, you know, they do this in very physical ways that we're used to in terms of medicine and technology. I mean, um, they are in all kinds of, you know, computer devices and medical devices. So it's very real. And I think it was helpful for me to understand that because I am a very analytical person to understand that they do magnify and they have very specific chemical properties. They also are a life form and a conscious form, although a lot of people don't think of crystals in that way. They just, their lifespans are much longer than what we're used to thinking of from a mammalian perspective. <laughs> So it was really interesting as I started um, to do this work, I used crystals a lot. And then there just came a point where I just didn't feel like I needed them anymore. And I'm so grateful for crystals, um, but I don't read with them anymore. I don't use them because I feel like I was able to just access my own natural abilities without that kind of need for a boost in that way. So love crystals. I think they're amazing. If you feel to connect with them, you know, do that. And, and I do think that it's amazing how crystals will come into your life when it's like needed, when you, they're needed, like so many of my favorite crystals that I ever had were given me. And they also will leave when it's time to go, like, they'll just disappear. Like, like they'll just go away <laughs> when it's time, which is also really fascinating. So absolutely explore, learn about them. But also I found that for me, there just came a point where I just didn't really need them anymore, which was lovely. I love the explanation of that because I feel like crystals are a gateway for a lot of people to access uh, their their gifts. And so for you, it sounds like it was a catalyst and a way for you to refine your skills. But it's also important because we are always learning, growing, and evolving that you just grew out of them, right? And that's a sign of you on your soul's journey. But maybe someone loves to live with crystals their whole life and there's no wrong way. But I have a question regarding Absolutely. if someone has obstacles to accessing that spiritual perspective in their life, uh, how would you recommend to move through any obstacles in one's spiritual journey? Well, first of all, obstacles from my perspective as a psychic are lessons obstacles relate to lessons that we're trying to learn. And when we learn the lesson, those obstacles will frequently go away or they'll shift or maybe we'll reach a new level of that lesson. And then we have to overcome another obstacle that's related to the sort of the next level or the next phase, very much like school, you know, you don't stop at kindergarten or second grade. I mean, you can, but like, you got to keep going ultimately um, on a spiritual level, you can't, you know, continue or be stuck in one level. So if something is coming up for you, first of all, you have the tools to handle it. You don't get any lessons that are not relevant for you. I, I think sometimes people are like, I can't handle this. I'm like, if you're getting it, then you can. Or you, it would, that's just how the universe operates. It's very smart in that way. And basically, you get that issue until you learn the lesson that's associated with it. So you can't avoid it. There's no way around it. <laughs> you just got to figure out what the lesson is. So figuring out what that lesson is 
is key. And then getting support with that, because I think it's hard sometimes for us to see and understand that big picture, like why is this happening and also how to move through it. So getting a community that's, you know, kind of woo-woo and tapped in is really important. Connecting with teachers. And I think, you know, the teachers that you need at various points will shift and change with you. And that's okay. So I've had many teachers over the years and I teach now and just continuing to grow and shift your circle. So um, it's easier to grow and shift in a community than it is on your own because you learn from each other and you also can support each other. So that's what I'd say as a whole for people that are struggling with obstacles and trying to figure out how to move forward is take classes, get a mentor, get in a group and learn, 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 learn. When I was first opening to all of this, um, I was reading a book every day or two days, you know, and then I was also watching videos and taking classes. I was just like this, you know, sponge. So just really explore it and really dive in and you'll learn faster that way. Such great advice. And, you know, kind of leads me into, you wrote the book, Archangels and Ascended Masters. And we had mentioned about our spirit guides. How do you tap into your spirit guides and are those um, ways to be helped in learning the lesson of the obstacle as being the greatest op- learning opportunity? Absolutely. So I think it's important to very um, constantly ask for help and support from your spirit team, from your angels and ask for general help and ask for specific help. One of the biggest issues I hear from the angels is that people aren't asking and then they aren't being specific enough when they request. So I'll give an example. Let's say a a lot of spiritual teachers and healers struggle with money. You know, they're a little bit in the the sort of overgiver pattern slash martyr pattern, having a hard time receiving and very much focused on supporting others. So asking for money, you know, financial support or abundance is a very common prayer. So if you do that and you find a penny or a nickel on the ground, your prayer has technically been answered. Is that what you're asking for? No. <laughs> so it's really important that the, understand that the angels do not make assumptions and you know that we need to be clear with what it is that we're asking for. And I always like to say, ask for you know whatever it is that you're wanting or looking for and or better and or more because you don't want to limit what can come to you. Like I had several examples of this when I was new to this kind of you know conscious prayer and manifesting where I would make a prayer and then I would get like exactly the amount of money that I was looking for, exactly the amount of trips, you know, instead of like later, I'm like, Oh, or more or better. Like, I don't need, it doesn't need to stop. Like whatever that limit is or whatever it is that I said, it could be more. And that really gives them permission to step in and send us opportunities and things that will help us, you know, to the highest levels that maybe we might not even be able to kind of consciously comprehend because sometimes our conscious ideas of what's possible are so limited by our community, by how we've been raised, by our programming that we may not even think to ask for something that's really, you know, so amazing. When you talked about that, you ask your archangels for things like money or clients, I can totally relate to that in the sense of manifesting is asking for what you want, right? And being open to receive, but unless we're specific and ask for that and more, because I, I tend to get exactly that set. Like if I'm asking for five clients, I'll get the five, right? If I'm asking for a certain amount of money, 
I'll get it, except I forget that little part about or more, because that is a block to the abundance. So I'm happy that you reminded me because I don't always actively do that. And the ability to just be really specific with our asking is so important, not just the universe, but to everyone. And then being open to receiving that. Thank you for sharing all these nuggets of wisdom. I really appreciate it. And when was one of your greatest achievements in your current career? I would love to hear about one of your greatest achievements doing what you do. My goodness. I mean, I think I've had so many things that I've just, you know, like pinched myself and just think like, wow, is this really happening? Like the one we already talked about being on Will Ferrell's show. I mean, that was really surreal. Someone that you've just seen on television all the time to be, you know, in a podcast studio with them. And and I just want to share that you can call things in. Like I didn't pitch them. That's not something you pitch. They invited me to be on that show. So you can put it out there to have those kinds of opportunities. I also have many celebrity clients. And what I say is millionaire clients, billionaire clients, and those that are aspiring to be. So I, I work with a lot of amazing people. So just regular stuff. I think for me, one of the biggest things was this past year with COVID. And for anyone who's a freelancer or self-employed where they don't have a, a regular check, it was you know brought up a lot of stuff like concerns, fears, also any empaths are really picking up on the collective fears um, financially as well as, you know, medically due to COVID. And so I remember just being like, okay, got to just, you know, kind of get through this. And I think that actually can be really good. There's always a silver lining. And I'm looking at, you know, this past year was my best year by far in terms of my business on many metrics, you know, both in terms of income, in terms of the number of people that I reached. And just that it's possible for you, whatever is happening externally, whatever is happening in the collective, whatever is happening in society, that you can be amazing. So I think the ability to do that, to really shift through all that fear as an empath that was really being kicked up due to COVID and all these societal changes, I think is probably um, one of the biggest things. And then I also would have to mention just when I got started with all this works. I mean, I've been psychic ever since I was a little kid, but I blocked it out because I didn't really know how to handle it. And I, I could be what's called a trans medium with trans medium with like spirits coming into my body and communicating through my body. I know work as a mental medium and a psychic where I receive information and relay whatever I'm getting, but I blocked it out and, you know, proceeded to live my life very analytically and ended up in a really bad place in my life that kind of came to a head during the recession where I realized my marriage wasn't what I thought it was. I was working in politics and government and suddenly had no work. I was physically ill. And I think overall, that's still the biggest challenge I went through was sort of this coming out of the psychic closet, you know, starting out with no money. I had like no money in the bank, no job, um, no relationship. I was physically ill. <laughs> Things seemed pretty terrible. And to be able to pull myself out from that kind of hole um, I'm still very proud of that. And, uh, you know, whatever people are dealing with, no matter how bad or how bleak it might seem, you can come out of that and, and do amazing things and, and create an incredible life. And I've, I've done that now. And at the same time, I feel like I'm still just at the beginning in so many ways, especially where I've come from. And that's that's from that situation with my ex and the recession. And then also even as a child, like I was born into an abusive and very traumatic situation. And you know, you can move through that trauma, um, whatever you've struggled with financially, you know, physically, emotionally, um, you can still create an amazing life. 
That is amazing. And thank you for sharing that and being so open and vulnerable. I believe that adversity is one's greatest advantage to tap into different ways of being, right? Different ways of applying their our strengths and our gifts with the world. So congratulations on all your accomplishments. When you had mentioned that you feel like that boundaries and success are interconnected. And so how did you find this lesson throughout the past decade or two in your own successful career? Can you tell me more about how one can maybe apply this idea of boundaries and how it's interconnected with success? Absolutely. So we receive what we accept in many ways, what we accept in our lives. And a lot of this has to do with energetic patterns. So there are a lot of times there are things that may seem disconnected on a superficial level, but when you look at the energetic pattern, it's the same. So manifesting in different ways. So our minds, our lives, and our energy fields are very much like a garden. You know, when you get a, a piece of land, it's not all of a sudden just, you know, gorgeous rose flowers and and you know, fruit trees or vegetable, whatever it is that you want in your garden, beautiful grass you have to cultivate that. You have to plant it. You have to create it over time. You have to weed out the weeds. The weeds just show up. You don't plant the weeds. They just show up. So I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about that, that it does take some effort to consciously create what you'd like to in the beginning. And this is happening from an energetic perspective with boundaries. Um, Are you allowing unhealthy people in your life or, or poor treatment And there is a connection between the spiritual realm and the physical in that way. So people that frequently struggle struggle with a lot of paranormal issues often have unhealthy boundaries with live people in their life as well. And if you shift the boundaries with the live people, it often will help the paranormal issues and vice versa. If you you have better boundaries spiritually, then your physical human relationships will also improve. So it's important to look at it from that perspective, from a pattern perspective and how one thing also impacts the other. And then the guides gave me this wonderful analogy. This was several years ago, which is that our minds, our lives are very much like a Netflix queue. So if you watch Netflix, you know, there's this algorithm when whatever you watch or engage with, you get sent more of that. So our lives are like that. So we really need to be cognizant of what am I engaging with? What am I connecting with? Is this something that I want to continue to receive? And if not, just stop kind of watching, stop engaging with that, choose the things that you want. And it can take a little time for the algorithm to get, oh, she didn't want to watch, she you know, hasn't watched a horror movie in three months, or she doesn't want to see horror movies or whatever. But in time, what you receive from the universe will change as well with conscious focus on your choices and having strong boundaries with what you don't want in your life. Wow. That's so powerful. I mean, boundaries is something that I have really brought to my conscious mind in the past year to set more strict boundaries and to realize that I was giving and not necessarily receiving and being really specific. So I think that you being on this podcast is a perfect example of me practicing that and putting that into implementing a stronger boundary in my life because 
it is right. The things that I don't want are starting to dissipate and more of the things that I do want are coming effortlessly into my life. And really, I think that's where the magic happens is when it is effortless, when we're not like grinding and pushing, it just happens. Wouldn't you say that's the beauty and art of manifesting? I think it's a, it's a combination. It's setting those tensions, allowing yourself to receive and being open to it. And then it's also being constantly aware of, yeah, what is it that you want to release, let go of? And it can shift very quickly. I do daily manifesting exercises. That doesn't mean that I spent a ton of time. It might be literally like five minutes a day, but really being aware of like, what do we want to bring in? What do we want to release? And spending some time to focus on that. I think it is a process and a journey. And a lot of spiritual people, I think, are under the impression that you just um, can just kind of will it to happen. It just kind of magically happens. And there is an element of magic. Don't get me wrong, but that kind of daily exercise of that muscle exactly is really helpful to make it come in more easily. (laughs) That's so true. I kind of left that out because it does take a plan. And in my, I have a five step process to manifesting and that is one of the steps. It's that you have to have the plan. You have to have the right daily habits. Like you said, you have to be intentional with your practice every single day. But then when you're doing the right things and you're taking the right steps, that's when I feel like is when it magically happens, but it doesn't just happen on its own. You have to really be intentional about letting go and having that awareness and sticking to uh, rituals. So I'm glad that you clarified that because sometimes I just go off to, you know, (laughs) the magical part, but It does take an effort and a conscious awareness to change, change your life. And so that you can go out and change, change other people's lives. So what's in store for you in the year to come? Do you have big plans? Is there something you want to share with the audience? Yeah. So, so much expansion happening, continuing to scale and grow my business. Um, I, I'm releasing my first fiction book, which is about a girl with special abilities uh, in the spiritual realm. And so that'll be coming out um, this summer. It is called Mary Hopkins and the Sirens Call, Siren Like a Mermaid. And so I'm very excited for that. This is a book I've been working on for almost 20 years. <laughs> so a long time in coming. So excited for that. My six-month psychic training program is amazing. And For those who are interested in learning more about the sort of psychic work and money, because I feel like this is a struggle for a lot of people that are psychics or healers of any kind, teachers of any kind is the money part. I have a free panel um, on money magic that people can always uh, reach out to me and I'm happy to share that with them. And aside from that, I have, you know, I have seven books on the spiritual realm, all on Amazon, on angels, on manifesting, on the supernatural, on being a psychic. And uh, you can find that is on Amazon and on my website is healingpowers.net. And my podcast is Healing Powers Podcast, where we talk about all the things. So yeah, love this. And I just, uh, I'm open to the expansion and I feel like um, 2020 was really about clearing out a lot of things. And 2021 is kind of a rebirthing in a way in this kind of new alignment. So I'm very excited for everything that comes forward now and moving forward. 
There is. You're so spot on. And the things that you have already created, I mean, seven, eight, nine, ten books already in the work <laughs> and in the universe and your podcast and your courses. I mean, you really are changing so many lives in your work. Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together we can do so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.